You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. And it's bubbling over like a sweet champagne. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, welcome to this week's podcast of Off the Mountain. We are up here on the mountain with Pastor Ron Vietti, Pastor Tom Touchstone, Vincent Sierra, and myself. I'm Josh Vietti. And uh, today we're going to talk about how to bounce back from failure. What do you do when you mess up or you don't get the thing done uh, or accomplished that you want to get accomplished? What, how, what do you do? There's a lot of steps to it, but I think the first thing is, is realize that this is part of life. So you haven't experienced something that not everyone experiences. We all fail. In fact, failure is a part of success. You can't have success without failure. So I think the first thing you do, maybe define uh, failure in the right way. Failure is a part of success. Thomas Edison, it seemed like he, he thrived on failure. He thrived on it because he used it as a stepping stone to get to success. Right. So uh, first thing I would say to you is stop beating yourself up. Uh, let's make something good out of the failure. That's what where did, we're going to go today. What did Edison say? Something like, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't fail. I found 9,999 ways that did it not doesn't do work. It. Yeah. Doesn't, right? doesn't you know? do it. yeah. And it's process of elimination. And so that is one way to look at it. Um, but there are different types of failures. There's some people out there right now that are listening to this, and you feel like your entire life is a failure. You feel like you've never gotten to where you're supposed to be. I would encourage you to understand that if you've had a lot of hardships in life or you've had a lot of obstacles in your life, that that's God preparing you for something bigger. And, yes. and there probably is success right around the corner. I had this vision a long time ago. Um, I don't know. I, I, I call it a vision because I don't know what else to call it. It was like a dream, but it, it was like a dream that stuck with me, right? And in this dream, I was in a field and I was digging holes. And I've shared this before in church before, but um, I was digging holes and, and, and I was looking for water. I was trying to get to water and I dug and, and it was the first hole was dry. And then I moved on to the second hole and I dug and dug and dug and it was dry. And then I, I kept going and, and it's going to remind you of that movie holes, but like I kept going <laughs> and I, and I dug and dug and dug and, and I could just never find what I was looking for. And I felt like God said very clearly, you just didn't dig enough the first time. And, and, and I've thought about that with failure. It's so uh, easy to uh, give up because you don't see the, the results that you're looking for, right? Um, but yet, how many times have you guys worked on something? You thought it was a failure, right? And then someone comes back around and says, man, when you were doing that or when you did that or when you said that, that spoke to me so clearly. And I have to go back and say, man, like, even though there's a lot of things in my life that haven't turned out the way I want them to necessarily, there has been fruit. Well, with hindsight, sometimes you go look back at what you thought was a failure and you go, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. No. And so again, someone says success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And so we have to come to a place to where we realize that failure is part of success. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I hadn't had many failures. That's the way we learn, right? right? I mean, basically, we value experience. Experience is, you know, comes from making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Well, failure can also be a sign that you're challenging yourself 
to something that that you just can't do yet, right? And you're getting the tools that you need to, you know, to get or, you know, learn in order to get over that failure, get over that hump, or it's the thing you're not supposed to be doing, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, if you're just failing in life and you're going nowhere, maybe it's more like you're ending up at a, you know, at a dead end road. It's because you're actually not supposed to be doing that thing, right? You're digging right. holes for no reason. We yeah. talked about this in the last p- podcast, digging holes without purpose, right? Yeah. So it's those two things. But I think if you find yourself failing a lot, that's not a reason to give up. It's just knowing that you're challenging yourself to do something you know, bigger uh, than yourself. It's interesting. I was, uh, uh, I was watching a baseball game that I may or may not have been heartbroken about recently. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> the baseball postseason is, is done for me. But um, I, I was watching this game, and, and I was thinking about it. There are all these athletes who have this physical ability that is far beyond anything I've ever had or will have, you know, especially now I'm a certain age. You don't, you don't go back in time. You can't go back and be strong and fit, you know, like you were in your twenties. And even if so, these guys, they, they have a superhuman strength, they right? They really do. They're much bigger in person. Like we said, we went to a game recently. We saw Clayton Kershaw. Oh, he's much bigger. Huge I never dreamed guy, he was that big. Massive dude. Um, and so you see these guys and they're just, they're kind of freaks of nature, but, a lot of them struggle mentally when it comes to the postseason, right? A lot of them have a hard time with the pressure. And I think it's funny. You see all these older guys watching sports, and we all get so frustrated because now we have developed a mentality that those guys don't even have, you know, in a lot of times. Like, like we're able to focus um, much more or we're able to – uh, limit the distractions. I'm speaking for somebody who has ADHD, but uh, you know, I'm much better now than I was before. And I, and I think about, you know, if you had that level of, of talent with your level of mentality to stay focused, you could be much greater. And how does that come? It comes through failing. It comes yeah. through experience. It, it comes through striking out and knowing that it's not that big yes. of a deal. Yes. You, you know, as you, as you use that baseball analogy, and, I, and I'll just kind of throw this out there. How, what was the Dodgers' record this year? Oh, God. 111. They set a record. 111. 111 so, so are those 111 wins don't count anymore, or is it the one postseason loss that everyone's going to focus on? It's you know, because yeah. you could, you, are the guys on the field – they could feel we failed, but they never had a chance to participate. So it's a lot of times failure is perspective. And we have to define failure yeah. appropriately. Yeah. So, so, right. so, oh, so that's if you, big. If you, if, you, if you have the wrong perspective, mm. then I think you're going to look at failure differently. And if you have the right perspective, and sometimes it's about changing the perspective at a problem and put it in the right perspective. Just well, like, and, and there again, you could tell us how to do that, Pastor. But well, Vivis was saying, when I said we got to define failure properly, a lot of failures sometimes equal success. Right. Is that right? Oh, Pastor, so I, I got well, I, I to experience this. So my daughter was in college, and there was a boy, and we've talked about it a long time, that my wife and I didn't think was appropriate or right, and we prayed, and he got caught on a, for athletics on a drug test. And he could, lost his scholarship, couldn't go to school, had to go away. And my daughter kind of thought maybe that was a failure, but it wasn't because mom and dad were praying, and she recognized that later on. So it was perspective. We saw something we didn't want to happen. We were able to pray. She thought, oh, my gosh, what happened there? Did I do something wrong? Well, I didn't do anything wrong. So it means perspective. Well, as parents sometimes, can we try to wrongly fix the situations where our kids are failing in? We try to wrongly fix them when they need to fail in those situations in order to become a success. Yes. I've told parents, or I said something in a message one time from the pulpit, 
If we could see our kids' futures and we could remove any one or two things out of that future, we'd probably remove the very things that would be required to make them a success. Your failures can't be your kids' failures, just like your successes cannot be your kids' success. And a lot of parents are trying to force their successes onto their kids. Not that they don't benefit or, you know, get something out of your parents' success or the kids' success, but they have to be able to make it on your own. You or, can't. or when a parent has failed, they push their kids hard sometimes. Sure. Because they don't want them to fail. Sometimes the we're living way. our life through the kids. Yeah. Right. We didn't make it as a, a professional ball player. We didn't make it as a college football player. And we push them too hard. And we're trying to make up a deficit that, that of a situation where That's we good. failed. That's true. I just uh, wrote down, uh, based on what you were talking about a second ago, Dad, I just wrote down some notes. Um, without failure, there would be no perseverance. Mm-hmm. There would be no comeback. There would be no redemption. There would be no heroes. I could even say there would be no love without failure. There would be no Rocky movies. Okay, then why do people fear failure? There are people out there listening to us that really fear fear, fear failure. I don't think I fear failure as much because of Romans 8, 28 in the Bible. For my God causes all things to work together for good to those that love him and to call it according to his purpose. So I can, I can, can, can I say this? I can fail forward. Is that a good way to put yeah, it? Yeah. I like can fail forward. Like falling forward, but failing forward. Yeah, that's great. Um, you taught us something a long time ago um, that, you know, whenever, whenever you do mess up, you just continue to get back up. No matter what, when you're on a horse, you get bucked off, you just dust yourself off and you get back on that horse. And, uh, to me, you know, what can, what, how can you, how can you fear something when it's not really all that bad? Failure is not that bad. Failure is not the end of the world. Right. And there are different types of failure. And there is, and there's different levels of failure. Different levels. Now there are some failures that maybe... You know, we're we're not willing to talk about today. No, I think where I, there are great losses in that failure. Yeah, I right? think there's there's moral uh, failures. There's there's um, there's failures with uh, jobs. There's yeah. failures with relationships. There's failures with lots of different types of failure. But you can recover from each and can, every can one. Can we say though, Josh, that the majority of failures probably aren't fatal, or the majority of failures are not all that serious? Right. Sure. Some are. Yeah. You know, it, it, sometimes people want to keep count where it really isn't failure yes. because I think people have failed and they just, it was not a big deal. We always keep that failure when we want it to come through, maybe a relationship, maybe a job, maybe an opportunity. That's the one we keep score on. And all of a sudden your whole world gets bigger than it should right. because it's all about that. I, I pastor, I, I, there again, a lot of you guys know that I was unsaved until I was 34, but I always knew when I was young that in every failure, there was a seed of Greek greater or equal benefit in there. I could, I, could, I could drag it out. You know, I was thinking about your example of digging a hole. I'm thinking, well, you got good at digging a hole. <laughs> you know, it's like, right, yeah, yeah. you didn't get any that's water, true. but you got better digging yeah, a hole. There's always a seed of equal opportunity, I think, if you look hard enough. Well, and that's, that's, and I'm that's an funny, Tom, and, and I, it's funny that you'd see it from that perspective because you're really into fitness, and in fitness, fitness is failure, isn't mm-hmm. it? Every day. What do you always say? Work, your, work your muscles to what? Failure. To failure. Every, every, you know, hey, yeah. you know, pain's gain. Well, you know what, Josh? Uh, some years ago, I posted some stuff on social media and did some stuff that when I looked back, I thought, that was pretty stupid I did that. And I got a lot of negative feedback. So much negative feedback that, man, I just wanted to take all my social media 
and just erase it all. Mm. And you called me one day and you said, Dad, after I told you, erase all my social media, take it all off. You said something to the fact, how long did it take you to get like 18,000 followers on Facebook? And how long did it take you to get all these Instagram followers, et cetera, et cetera? And you said, you want me to erase all of them? I said, man, I just, I'm so embarrassed about what I did. Not embarrassed, let me take that back. I, I, I kind of regretted what I did the way I did it. I didn't regret the things I said, you but regretted I regretted the, the, way I, the way I did it. Sure. And, and you said, dad, instead of you know, letting this failure be the end of all this work you put on social media, start covering it up with good stuff. Mm. Right now, start doing a bunch of good stuff and just let it overlay mm -hmm. all that bad stuff on social media, and it'll go away. And I think that was a good lesson for me, even in my older age, where I thought I was very wise. So I did that, and I think that's a word for some of our people out there today, is, you know, start doing good. You've you got to put that failure behind you, and there's got to be a point, and this is a word for someone out there, how long are you going to beat yourself up? Mm. And what good does it do to keep beating yourself up? At some point, it's got to be, it's history. It happened. And then I've got to be willing to risk again. That's where a lot of people fail right. at. You know, uh, it's funny. We talked about being afraid to fail. And um, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are afraid to fail. I think there are some people that are out, out there right now that are afraid to succeed. Yeah. And the reason, the reason I say that is because success comes with responsibility. Are there people that, that, that use their failures as a pity party and get a lot of stuff out of it they want to get? Yeah. And they say, hey, I don't know if I want to really, you know, start risking again and get back out there. How many times have we heard a single person go, I'm never going to love again, <laughs> never going to date again? No way. I saw a guy on the internet a while back. I'm through with women. I'm never going to date again. I gave him a year. He started dating again. <laughs> but we, we sometimes we take yeah. that kind of, you know, approach always and never those are words you or, or talk about athletes tom never Here we go. want to use <laughs> a guy has a bad fight right away Dumb. in an impulsive way i'm retiring i'm through i quit and us with a little more <clears throat> wisdom and experiences lived a little longer go i don't think i would make that declaration mm -hmm. right now okay. you're letting failure get the best of you and a lot of them, they get up and give these speeches. I quit. I'm retiring. Here's my gloves. I'm hanging them up. And the next year, where are they at? And it's true because you don't want to make those decisions in an emotional time. Right. And sometimes a failure feels like an emotional time. Right. So, you know, you, you don't want to do that. I always, you guys have to correct me on this one if you feel that way. Because, because I think there with, there's always risk with rewards. And I think everything we want is just on the other side of fear. Yes. And people don't want, because they're, fair, let's say they're afraid of failure, but everything they want is on the other side. I mean, if you're, if you're a single guy, you're going to ask her out. How many of us remember how scary that was? Right. Yes. You know, and the girl said yes. I mean, if they did. I mean, I'm just saying there's so much out there. Afraid to start a diet because I'm going to fail. Because it's going to be hard. You know, exercise program, new job, new opportunity. Right. Go, trying something new is, there is a, f a risk of fear there, but without that, you have no reward. What about the guy? Was it TED Talks, Josh, where he, he really feared rejection, and so he decided to get over it, and he went out and knocked at doors? I have this plant here. Can I uh, plant this in your backyard? Uh, <laughs> and he let people reject him over and over again till he got... Remember that? So he got that used to it. was yeah. really yeah. funny. No, that's yeah, good. For sure. And I think that comes down to irrational, you know, irrational, um, like you said, fear or irrational thoughts about where failure 
leads you to, right? Because you can have all this stuff in your mind about whether it be part of your past where maybe you've seen your parents fail or you've seen people around you fail. And so you have all this irrational thoughts about, can I make it back? What will these people think about me? And you have to be able to separate the irrational from what's actually reality. Because when you get into those emotional thoughts, when you get into those places, you start thinking all this stuff that is irrational and all that stuff is going to paralyze you or actually keep you from doing the thing that you need to do to succeed. And so I think it's huge that you separate the things. I mean, if you, right now, if you're listening, start making a list, just put a, a line down the center of your paper and think about the things that are irrational, things that don't make sense that you're making up in your mind that you fabricated and then start thinking about the things that are like, actually truths in the word truths that you know about yourself and live on that side of it. Cause it's really, really easy to get caught on the irrational side of stuff, That's especially true. when it comes to failure. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we get stopped in our tracks by the voice in our head and what is the voice in your head? What story right. is that voice telling you? Um, and unfortunately we get caught up in kind of a negative, uh, mindset. We sometimes. already figured out we're going to fail before we start. Right. And that's not good. So it's funny, Dad, because um, my wife always tells me, she's like, you're really good at telling yourself a story of how things aren't going to work out in the future. And, and, and I found that that's negative most of the time. But sometimes there is a positive side to it to where I can uh, see obstacles, but I need, to, I need to realize that when I see the obstacles, I just need to make a plan to get out of the way of those obstacles or pray about those obstacles and then move forward still. I would, you, you said something a long time ago. What's and that? It sounds it sounds uh, kind of kind of negative, but you said um, run run the story through your mind if you're thinking about doing something big, right? And you say always uh, think about the worst case scenario, and then Work ask yourself. But then ask yourself. You always say, "Can you live with it? Can you live with that? Or yes. is it that bad?" Yes. And a lot of times when we do play that out. As long as we don't stay in that negative mind space, that could be helpful. Well, and like, you could say, okay, like well, today, it's, it's, it's a, I feel like it's so redundant. But I'm living with two cancers. Right now, they're not life-threatening. They could become life-threatening. But if I was counseling myself, I'd say, what's the worst-case scenario? I could die and go to heaven. Hmm. Is that mm. bad? No, that's good. That's why I can be rejoicing today. <laughs> but let me take a... I guess a, that's always the worst-case scenario is you always the worst. If you can... If you <laughs> worst, can best connect, worst, best scenario, best. right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I would love to know how Thomas Edison was raised mm. because he seemed to thrive on failure. Well, did that have a lot to do with the way he was raised as a child? I wonder. I, I don't know. I mean, in what ways can we raise our children in a responsible way that they'll be so ready for failure there's in life? This, there's this book I'm reading right now called Mindset and uh, by Carol Dweck, and she's, uh, she's like a doctor, a, a psychiatrist, or a, uh, she might even be a, a medical doctor. Anyway, she talks about the, the whole uh, growth mindset versus a fixed yes. mindset. I think we talked about it last right, week. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea is that growth mindset people, they, they see failure as a stepping <coughs> stone to success, right? Whereas fixed mindset people say, oh, well, this is what always happens. It's going to happen to me again, so why try? Yes. And that is destructive because it keeps us paralyzed. You know what the devil's uh, greatest work is? Is when he puts fear inside of us that keep us paralyzed. I want to go back to what Tom said real quick. Um, you said that, that and I drew, the, I drew the diagram. I'm taking notes with when you guys talk. You said that, that we are here, right, on one side. There's what we fear, and then there's, what, there's the reward on the other side many times. 
And if you think about it, if you believe in God, then you probably believe in the devil. Maybe you just believe in the devil and you don't believe in God. I find that funny. <laughs> it's um, hard to believe. Right. Uh, but why wouldn't the devil put those fears right in your path to success? Why wouldn't he put those obstacles that seem so scary? Think about Goliath. He was a scary figure. And he and the people were all afraid. And when David came, he said he saw what was behind Goliath. He didn't see Goliath. He saw what saw was the behind rewards. Goliath. That's why he said three, two or three times, repeat those rewards to me again. What am I getting? Right? Right. What am I getting out of this? Yeah. And then the anointing, anointing carried him through that. Mm. Um, you said something about um, with our kids, you know, how do we teach them yes. to go? And I think um, we've talked about this before. But I think teaching people how to endure through pain, and Josh mm-hmm. is actually going to start a, writing a book. I'm actually challenging now called Uncom- uh, Discomfortable. Discomfort. But I think people don't like to be uncom- they don't like to be uncomfortable, and I don't think they like to endure any type of pain. And I think a lot of that has to do with their f- their failure to launch anything new because they don't want to have to endure any pain. I remember one of the things. I wanted to play baseball in high school. I'll share this story real quick. And I remember going out for baseball in high school. I actually went out um, at East High to start before I started going to Valley. And I had I had played some t-ball, but I had never played baseball. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be new. And I remember going out and um, being out there. And they're like, oh, this kid's athletic. He can catch. He can do the stuff. But I just could not hit the ball, guys. Like, I just – it was – when the pitches came, they just came so fast. And it was something new. And I remember the coach being like, man, yeah, I don't know if you're going to make the cut this year. And it was devastating. And I remember going home that day and saying, I didn't want to play baseball anyways. Baseball's terrible because it was a way for me to cope yes. with the pain. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to grind this out. I'm going to learn how to hit the ball. I'm gonna, you justified I, it. I justified the idea that I didn't want to even do it in the first place. And I gave myself a reason. I gave myself an out instead of going. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I could have been the next Derek Jeter if I just would have endured playing through the sport, but I always wondered, man, like, could I have been better at baseball? And I think a lot of people are afraid of that pain, the rejection that comes with it. They're afraid of what's on the other side. Like you said, what is on the other side of Goliath? Do I even want to know what's on the other side? Because there could be hurt. If I, if David misses Goliath, right. does everyone laugh? Right. Cause he thought he was going to take him down with the, do you see what I'm, so it's, you know, it's you know, that curse to make I have that a, stand. I have a bit of a personal example of overcoming fear. I have a, really huge fear of uh social social situations right because i say words like social uh <laughs> <laughs> right right but no, no i, I have a i have right. a real fear of social situations um uh at parties or whatever and i also have had a huge fear of speaking in public which is one of the biggest fears um that people have and i've had like i've talked about before i've had um full full uh mental hitches or panic attacks whatever you want to call them while speaking and so a while back, what I did is I said, okay, I'm tired of having this fear of social interactions. So I'm going to make, I'm going to make a challenge for myself. Every single time I think about somebody and I think about reaching out to them, I'm going to do it right then and right there. And I started doing it. And you know what happened? I got rejected. And you know what happened after that? Nothing. Right. I was your, fine. Your irrational, your irrational thought went away. Yeah, about yeah I was it fine was. because it wasn't, because I was just like, you know what? Maybe they're busy. Right. Maybe How many they, times do you go through something and you fail and you go, right now what's happening to me is what I feared would happen to me. And you know what? It's not that bad. Right. It's not mm. that bad. I can take this. Mm-hmm. Well, Again, it all goes back. I believe everything pretty much goes back to the Bible and our belief system. 
It does. Again, Romans 8, 20, if you really believe that, it's going to change the way you see well, failure. I, now I bounce back so far that now I'm like compensating on the other end where I'm not afraid to say anything to anybody almost. And so that can get you in trouble. You overcorrected. Yeah, I did. I overcorrected. <laughs> and now I have to, have to be careful, you know, about what I say. Well, again, and I said it a uh, while ago to somebody, but success is stumbling from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Mm. And so, again, I realize there are some people out there listening today that saying to themselves, you're talking about little failures. I mean, I, I experience, I'm experiencing a big failure right now. <laughs> yeah, but the, I'm reading the, I'm going through this book, this Kevin Hart book, uh, Monsters and How to Tame Them. Really good. Again, I don't recommend it officially because of the language. I wish there was a version the that beep. doesn't have the language in it. Audio, um, audio book. <laughs> but uh, he talks about these monsters and... Um, there's so many people out there that, that, uh, want to tell you that you can't do, uh, you know, what, what it is that's in your heart. Um, because they are feeling that that's what would apply to them. Well, there's lots of reasons people might say or do something, you know, like that. Maybe they might try to get in your way. Yeah. They're, maybe they're trying to save you. Maybe they're jealous. Maybe they, uh, uh, don't believe you can actually do it. I, I don't know, whatever it is, but people have their reasons, but if something is in your heart, right. Well, again, got to do it again. I know today I'm really being spiritual a lot. I'm bringing it back around, but most everything I do, I do it because I feel like God is telling me to do it. Mm. And if he tells me to do it, there's absolutely no way I can't. So whatever happens, happens. Mm. Right. I have to do this. I feel God's told me to do it. And so God, you're going to have to help me when, when some negative results comes from this. And so again, I, I know I sometimes I tell the people, I probably accredit more things to God than he even really does. But if I really feel I'm supposed to do something, I kind of spit on the ground and go, I'm going to do it. And I don't even need to think about failures because I have to do it. One of my favorite stories he tells about the Vegas, going and starting the Vegas church, which they're about to have yes. their anniversary, which is so cool. 20-year anniversary. 20 and years. you talked about throwing your hat over, the, not knowing a soul there, throwing your hat over the fence, signing the lease to the building on Durango, and then going, oh, no. What I cried. Is, what I cried. I, I signed a $750,000 <laughs> lease, didn't know a single person in Las Vegas, and then I could only get four people to come to our church, so I felt I was a failure. So let me ask you this. How do you face your failures in those moments when you throw your hat over the fence, you're in it, you know you got to push through it? What are some keys that you would give to the people listening today to say, this is how... Well, you start not, to overcome these because something's unfinished doesn't mean it's a failure. Right. And I think that that's probably the first thing, right? Um, you start something and then you don't know what to do with it because it's not something yet, but then, you know, it's not complete. Like what in your life is complete? What, what, what in your life doesn't take time to achieve if it's worth it? Yes. One of the things that yes. I saw a pastor do, because mm. yes. I was over there one Sunday with him and we were there and I, I didn't do this a lot because John Tweed did an amazing job over there, but John was on vacation. I went with Pastor Ron. He came out and he goes, how many people are there? And I go, six. He goes, okay, <laughs> same as last week, so we're doing well. I mean, I, I heard, I'll never mm. forget that yeah. because it wasn't, oh, doggone it, only six. He was like, no, six, that's what we had last week. So I, we, have, a huge, we're there. I have a huge failure story here. Okay, yeah, but let me say something to that one before yeah, we yeah, start yours. I have lots of them. And but. that is, you know, <laughs> during that time, there was one Sunday. It was a Sunday, I think, or it might have been a Wednesday night Bible study. We pulled up into the parking lot of the church that we were using, and I counted the cars, two cars. And so I sat there and put my head on the steering wheel, and I said, <laughs> I'm not going in. 
Oh, I said, you have to. I said, I'm not going in. Oh, man. <laughs> she said, you have to. You're the pastor, and they're expecting you. They see your car and drive up. <laughs> I know. And I go, I can't do it. So for a while, I thought, this is going to be a failure. Mm. But again, what did I have to go on? A word from God that told me to do this. Mm. And I told you, I walked in one Sunday, and I thought, this is a failure right now. And I heard God speak to me. And for those of you that don't think God speaks, I'm sorry, he does. It was a very strong impression. That's the way he spoke. And this, this, this was a defining moment for me. Mm. I walked in and said, we're a failure. That night, we, I think we had eight people. Somebody was leading worship. They couldn't carry a tune in the bucket. And I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to be there. And God spoke to me, and I know it was him. He said, this is not about your success. Mm. It's about you being faithful to mm-hmm. what I told you to do. That's now, so when you good. reframe that, I was a success any way you looked at it. Absolutely. I, I, again, I have multiple failure stories, and, I, and I've always thought to myself, why, why do I fail so much? And then I think God really wants me to be humble, I think. I think he really wants that. Because that, be, that could be. <laughs> and so I think it's part of it. But Humility um, comes before I, I love what you said. I just want to make sure we pull the, extract what you just said, though. Being faithful to the thing you know you're supposed to do isn't failure. No, we have to define failure. Right, right. We're not defining failure right sometimes. Again, if God tells me to do something and I do it and it doesn't have any results at all, in fact, it ends up in my, you know, in me being embarrassed, uh, me being rejected, still I have not failed because I was obedient to what he told me to do and it could have been a test. Mm, So I'm a success. We have to define failure. So uh, I think we also have to define what obedience looks like. You know, in order to understand that, because that that might be a future topic: the, 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 obedience, hearing God. Well, just we're, and we're, we're talking about failure. I think Pastor Ron said it on many of sermons. You have two choices: obedience or disobedience. There you go. And and I think when you say disobedience, you got you. We, we, I, th- I think we're filling the same thing. It's an and elf. doing and doing nothing is a choice. Yes, it is. Right? It's a uh, disobedience. Opting. Free will. It's a choice. And, so, and and if you have to realize you've been disobedient, that's where I think you look in the mirror. And I think, Pastor, that yes. you, you, yes. you've learned to coach yourself, haven't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. You've learned to look in the mirror and said, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me I, share, uh, I, I let me share two um, key uh, failure stories uh, from my uh, life many years ago. Uh, one is I was the promoter, right, at Station 316 when we had the business downtown on 18th Street. And um, as the promoter, you're expected to promote that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to promote the concert you're supposed to get people to come watch the band and somehow we got lucky we got a last uh you know it was like a week notice um uh, the band switchfoot was coming through town and i was busy i was doing youth ministry vince was working with me at that point i think um, yeah and uh the band comes into town and i just i got busy and i just didn't really promote the concert like i should have failed i really did and I knew it that I failed when, and this is this this band Switchfoot was already getting big. I mean, they yes. were like already like they weren't as known as they are now, but they were getting to that point. And so I show up, and there's literally ten people there, ten people at a Switchfoot concert, and um, and I thought, oh no, they're gonna be so angry with me because I didn't do my job. But God showed me something that night when that band got up on the stage. They didn't. They played like they were in front of 10,000 people. There you go. And they played their hearts out. Mm-hmm. And and that was such a huge moment for me because I thought, well, I failed today and I and, and many other times I felt like a failure. The only thing I can do is move forward and the next time I get the opportunity, 
do it like it really does matter. So uh, no matter what it looks like from the outside perspective, it's huge. The other story, real quick, is um, I was in San Luis Obispo. We were doing a theater church. We started a theater venue, and uh, by again, not very good at promoting. Right? Uh, we we had nobody. Nobody was coming. Uh, it was it was dead as dead as dead could be. So dead that an old woman walked in. I, w- I would say she was in her 90s, and I'm not kidding. She's kind of, you know, shuffled in, and she walks right over me, over to me, and she says, son, this is the most dead work I've ever seen in my whole entire life. She's like, I've That's never funny. seen anything worse than this. That's funny. And then she shuffled her way out. And uh, you'd think that would crush somebody, right? Crush. Um, but, you know, I'm always able to rise back up somehow. Let, let me ask you a question, though. Was... That work of failure. No, it wasn't. And and the reason it wasn't a failure is because during that time I connected with a young man named Tom Hollenbach. There you who, go. Who was helping me, and I believe God sent me over there um, for a full year. Just for that. Just for that reason. And I, Tom and I have talked about that a lot. He's one of our pastors, and uh, and 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 just a rising star. He's he not really just is. one of our pastors. He's a diamond in the He's rough. He's a rising star. Yeah, not absolutely. even a diamond in the rough. He's already out of the rough. And he is our campus pastor for our Northwest mm-hmm. campus. Yeah, so make sure you listen to his messages because he's on top of it right now. He's doing such a good job. So again, right? most people would define that time in the theater in San Luis Obispo as a failure. Right. Because they had the wrong perspective. They were looking at the number of people coming. Mm-hmm. They weren't looking at what was happening behind the scenes. Also, though, it also taught me what I'm not good at. It taught me what I'm not called to. It taught mm. me what I'm not supposed to be doing. And mm. I'm not good with people. I'm, like Pastor Tom is great building a community with He's people. He's really good. I'm not that guy. I'm not very good at that. I am uh, more of a teacher, more of a thinker, more of a creator. I am not the people. Are you telling me now, all these years later, we sent the wrong guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we failed? Well, we learned what I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no, well, you were the right guy because you're the Tom. only one that could have contacted yeah. well, with Tom Holland. And, and well, Tom will tell. For sure. Connected, I'm sorry, not contacted. Yeah. Tom, will, Tom will say the same thing from his side. Yep. Josh was there for me. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so when you yeah. put the two together. And it was a small part that I played. I ended up um, uh, meeting him and I ended up connecting him with Brad and Shane. Mm-hmm. And uh, he worked under you, Tom, a lot. And so um, I was kind of the go between. But. You know, it, it, God sends us to specific places for specific reasons. How do you think Paul, the Apostle Paul, felt when he was on the ship and it and it just fell to pieces? It ran into right. a rock. Well, I, I think you want to know how, honestly how I think he felt. Mm. He thought, "What an opportunity!" Yeah, I mean, he was given God words. Yep. I mean, he shined in that moment. He, he shined in that moment of apparent failure. Well, the church told him basically that a tragedy is something bad was going to happen if he went and he's like meh i'll go anyway and, and he passed that on he told them hey yes. we, if we go to ocean we're dying yeah we're, yes. we're gonna sink yeah. but we won't die uh, <laughs> I, I just love the heart there and yeah. you know there's lots of stories in the bible esther she says if i perish i perish if right I die i die i'm gonna go talk yes. to that king sometimes we have to reset the paradigm too mm-hmm. again i i think that one of uh the biggest failures in my life one of the many is when i look back and your mother and I never had a third child. We were supposed to have a third child. With reflection, I believe it was God's will we had a third child. And I even think we knew his name at one time. It's supposed to be a boy. We we're supposed to have him. And I'm going to confess this. I might regret it later. <laughs> one of the reasons we didn't have more kids is your mom had a knockout figure, and I didn't want to see her run a figure. <laughs> I mean, that sounds horrible. I'm sorry. 
but God. I was very carnal at the time, and I go, she got a knockout figure, and we're able to go to the beach and everything. Is, I don't want another pregnancy. I know it's terrible, <laughs> but you know what? You have to sometimes reset the paradigm. Right. And now, today, on several occasions, I've got to share with the congregation one of my biggest regrets in life. One of my biggest failures was being so selfish not to have a third child. And I regret it every day, not every day of my life, but a lot of days of my life. And then I've had at least three people come up and say, if you had never failed in that area, we would not have little Benny right here. Look, mm -hmm. because it was in your sermon where mm -hmm. we were convicted. Now there's a whole bunch of little Bennies wow. out there that yeah. would never be birthed if you had not failed and shared that failure. What about sin? What about sin? What, what happens when we mess up and or continue to mess up, or just uh, maybe it's something big, maybe it's something that's, uh, that's become big because it's a culmination of small things, you know, uh, that sin that so easily can, entangles you. Like, what, what do we do as Christians when we just feel like we can't get it right um, uh, spiritually? Well, you have, you have to go to God. Right. You have to go to God and say, there are people out there listening to us today that are continuing to fail. Again, I want to repeat something I said earlier, and that is success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage that, to continue that counts. Mm. Now, some people today out there, listen to us, they are living in their failure, mm. and they're continuing. Now, it's time. There's a time that you have to say, I need help. I'm continuing to fail at this same thing day after day after day after day. And maybe God will use this podcast to talk to you. I like that because I, I've, have you ever talked to somebody that's messed up in life and, you know, maybe it's public, maybe it's a big deal and it kind of becomes their identity, you know, like, yes. oh, I messed yes. up and that's my identity. It's not bad to have a testimony. It's good to have a testimony. But I think when something becomes your identity and it's based on something wrong you did, um, it can be confusing and hard for people. Instead, why not look at who God created you to be originally Yes. And the fact that even though you messed up, you can still be that person, right? Um, I think of, of David. I, I, I uh, pulled up this scripture because I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with uh, with messing up, you know? And, um, e and I went through my depression, and when I was in my depression, I made some bad choices as well. And this scripture has always been um, dear to my heart. It's Psalm 51. Um, and uh, I could read the whole thing. It's really good. I won't read the whole thing today, but um, you guys should go back and read Psalm 51. This is the prayer that David has when after his friend uh, Nathan comes to him and, and confronts him about his sin with Bathsheba. And um, in, in 5110, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And that Hebrew word create, it's bara, and it, and it means creating something brand new from scratch, brand new qualitatively new something that's that's not it's not, not it's not it's not re, it's not bringing you back to where you were it's putting you in a new place that you've never been before mm. and and i think that that is huge because sometimes God uses, he doesn't want us to fail, but when we do, sometimes God uses those failures to put us in a place that we wouldn't have never been Josh, otherwise. we have to stop right there. We have to. Because that's what someone out there listening to us needs to do. Mm. They need to go, out, go to God and say, create in me a clean heart. Again, there's times, many times I've went to God and said, God, I can't change myself. Mm. You have to change it. While, while you're talking about David, let's stay on that for a moment. Mm. David, now, now think about his failure. He failed in life, major big time, and because of his failure, a child died. Mm. 
Now, I can't even fathom this. Right. He's and David He's went trying. and laid on the ground while the child was alive, begging God. Now, here, listen up. Begging God to save this child. And God didn't. But here, here's, here's the key. We know that David had learned the art of encouraging himself in the Lord. Now, here's what the scripture the art, says. That's your next book right there. The art of encouraging yourself yes. in the Lord. But look what David did. It says, after they told him the child died, the servants were afraid going, what's he going to do now, kill himself? Once we tell him the child is dead, oh, what are we, what's he going to do? He rose from the ground. He washed himself. He anointed himself, changed his clothes, went, up, went in and started worshiping God and eating. I mean... The dude said, basically, the dude, that's probably not too respectful. Uh, younger guys say that. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> he got good. up and he said, you know what? It is what it is. Spit on the ground. I made a huge mistake. God's already told me through the prophet that I'm forgiven. And then he said something so good. I love it. I can't bring my boy back, but I can go to be with him. Mm. So see, worst case scenario he, he said, I can live with this. United, yeah. and, and again, there's a point in time, and again, this is for somebody listening today, when you have to say, I have beat myself up enough. It is what it is, spit on the ground. It's time to go forward. And I'm going to pray that prayer Josh gave me. God today created me a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Come to God and expect him to do what you cannot do. The other, uh, the other part of the definition of that word create, the... Uh, Definition says the initiation of the object, the initiation of the object, not manipulating it after original creation. In other words, it's not that when God creates a new heart in us, it's not like he fixes it. He literally creates a brand new heart. And, and I know I said this before, but I can't say that enough because so many people think they get in this mindset of it. It always has been this way. Therefore, it will always be this way. I will never change. I'm not good enough. Yes. I don't belong in God's will. I don't belong in the church. I don't belong in, in, in any of this. It's not for me. It's not my thing. But how many of us, in, even at this table, have had that thought before? Right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, to a certain you, degree. But then you battle it. You fight it and say, no, you know what? Hey, I feel I felt like a failure. I felt like I couldn't do it or like I shouldn't do it. I mean, take it, before you started your own work, Dad. Right. Uh, you were in a place where you you you, you shared the story the other day about the, uh, sitting there with a beard, right? Oh yeah. And you said that uh, that you were in a in a church and the pastor kept uh, basically you were the only one in there with a beard. There was only fifty people there. I was the only one with a beard. And the pastor had a whole message on why beards are evil. And he even had the women at one point. If you don't like beards, say Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, I no. felt like if I I wanted to leave, but some people invited me. I wanted to crawl. I started looking. I think under the bench to see if I could crawl. crawl. Out. <laughs> And he was looking right at me. This guy, for some reason, did not like me. He didn't and, want to and stand talk up. About, yeah. Talk about that moment where you leave a, a situation and you and you think about what to say after the fact. And uh, what, would, what should I say? Pastor, well, Pastor Steve Tedder said, you should have just asked him, what about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> didn't he have a beard? Jesus had a beard, man. But um, the, 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 in case people are wondering if we're just like focused on the Old Testament, the New Testament has a verse 2, Romans 12, 2, one of my favorites. Do not be conformed to this mm. world, but be transformed by the renewing or renewal yes. of your mind. 
that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And the word renewing, guess what it means? Same thing, qualitatively new. I feel like I'm yeah. talking a lot, Tom. You're scrolling there. I don't no, know. No, I'm looking for. Uh, you, no, you got to help me out. So I was looking for scripture, because I think about Noah and the ark. Hmm. He built a boat in a time where no one heard of boats. Said it's going to flood and rain, and he did that. The flood and rain came. the 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 ark did its job. It carried him and his family and two of all the animals to a point, and it came up on the mountain. He built an altar. But then something happened to Noah. He sinned. Is that a failure? No, he had a huge failure. Sometimes failures come after a big success. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Sometimes you'll have this monumental yes. success, mm-hmm. and you might think, gosh, I can't even try because I can never top that. And, and then it's interesting that Noah had this moment, mm-hmm. but he continued on after that. He did. You know, I, I mean, you, 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 as you do that, it's one of those things, like you said, Pastor, it's important to move forward you know and, and, and i think this is so important with the christian walk and i think we've all talked about this pastor you've demo- demonstrated it many a time you've recreated yourself the ministry we're looking at doing it again someplace else you know as as, as that's happening there is fear of well it may not be the same but it doesn't have to be the same and i think that's mm-hmm. the bondage we may put on ourselves i mean how could no ever repeat that but it wasn't God needed him to do that. But then your success can be something Tom, different. Tom, Tom said, though, let's stay on that for a moment. He bounced back. Right. And he kept going forward. Right. David did the same. Joseph did the same. Daniel did the same. And so I want to say bouncing back. Some people seem to have a better ability or... A bouncer. To, to bouncer. <laughs> but, but I used that phrase a while back, to bounce back. And I don't want people to hear in that phrase, bounce back, that you're going to come back to the identical same place you were before you made the big mistake. Right. Sometimes that's impossible. Yeah. Uh, for David, did he bounce back the way we use the term today? I don't know. I know he encouraged himself in the Lord and went on. But when you lose a child, part of your heart is ripped right out of you. And I don't mm. know if that ever is able to mm. be healed to such a place where you come right back to where you were. But you can't go forward anyway. You know, looking at Noah again, that's a great story. Talking about success and failure, success and failures. Noah uh, wouldn't have been successful. He would have drowned if he didn't build that ark. Mm-hmm. If he didn't build that ship on dry land. Yes. This is, he built a yeah. ship on, think about that for a second. He built a ship on dry land. He prepared before the storm. He prepared before the flood. He prepared before the thing happened. Mm. And, and, and that he takes prepa- faith. He prepared when people were sitting on the edge of their shovel going, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're, he's crazy. But Tom said that. <laughs> That's how you Tom succeed and that. not fail, though, right there. Right? We have to learn. Prepare. It's in the Bible, a lesson God wants to teach us, and Tom said it well, that very often after a great victory comes a defeat or a challenge or a trial or whatever. So if we can prepare ourselves beforehand that I, I had this great victory, now I better be ready. The devil's going to challenge that. And so I think preparation you know, uh, is a, the most is a big dangerous, deal. Um, when I preach, the most dangerous day of the week is, is Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Night. Yeah. It's, uh, Tell the, me about it. There's the, what do they call it? The, the Sunday, Sunday blues, blues, right? Sunday blues. Because when you, use your, when you use everything up that you got, um, which we do, uh, believe it or not, even though, even though I speak calmly, my dad speaks more passionately, we both use up that energy, that spiritual yes. energy that we have, and it, it affects you, you know? Let me say something to some of the viewers out there. 
And that is some of you quite possibly are beating yourself up today over a failure that wasn't that big. Mm. Now, in your mind, it has become bigger than reality, but maybe it wasn't that big. And I want you to ask yourself a question. Will this matter 10 months from today? 10 mm. months from today, will it really matter? That's good. Better stop beating yourself up because the stress that's going to be caused from you beating yourself up is going to be a whole lot worse than, than will you fail that. And, and one of the reasons we beat, beat ourselves up, I'm having a hard time talking today. Um, one of the reasons that we beat ourselves up is because we are worried about what others think too much. True, true. Uh, we think they're thinking this, they're thinking that. And the truth is most people aren't thinking about you at all. Most <laughs> people are worried <laughs> yeah. about their own lives, their own stuff, right? And so um, take courage to realize no one's thinking about you, right? <laughs> it sounds terrible. Let but me ask it's, you this. Some dude's wanting a girl to like him, and he's like, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, because we're talking about pretty big thing, like Noah building an ark. That's a really, really big thing. What about small wins in success? Because I think for a lot of people, if they can just get some small wins under their belt, if they can get some things, yes, I think that would take them a long way. It's funny. I have a bike ride going into this. Uh, this Saturday, there's a big bike ride. I'm not in any great shape to ride 100 miles. But they, they have levels of rides you can do. You can do 30 miles, 40 miles, 60 miles. What's your goal? Well, I wanted to be realistic because I you, wanted you to win. You called me out on the book thing. So what's your goal, Vinny? No, no. My, I, gonna I'm going to be honest. I, I, was, I wanted to do the 60, but realistically, I'm like, you know what? I know that I can do the 40. I'm going to feel good about it. Cool. Regardless of people like, well, you should have did the 60 because I'm doing it. No, I'm going to do the 40 because I yeah. feel really, really good about the That's 40. I know deal. I can do it. That's but the reason deal. why I bring that up is because I know I can get a win. Now, you can say, well, you could probably do the 16, you'll feel more victorious, but I can also do the 40 and get the win. So when is it important for people, even though they have these big dreams and expectations and they want to do all this stuff, to find success in the I, small things? I think you believe you can do the 60, but you're saying the 40, so you can well, tell, well, show everybody, I still, well, I did the 60. <laughs> sure, no, I, I, do, I do think I, I know, can. I'm, I know, Vince. I, right, right, right. I know I, could, I, I think I could do the 60, but I'm saying I... But yeah. 100% I can do the Well, 40. it reminds me of Tom. It reminds me of when we first started working out with you. You were teaching me how to work out. Your, your one rule was if you bite it off, you got to yeah. chew it. Well, right. That's the thing you always <laughs> tell people. Right. It was a buffet rule. Yeah. If you take it, you, you do eat it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, so, but, and it just said, hey. It's just, funny because that still sticks with me now. When I, when I choose my weight, I'm like, nope, I know I can do that. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. I did a push-up challenge in June. And I thought, wow, okay. And, I, you know, of course, they went, this is where we're going. We're going for 2,200 push-ups. I'm like. I can't do 22, but I can do, and I did them, and I did six. I went, holy smokes. <laughs> That's a far yeah. from 22. Right, right, right. But I, but I kept at it every day. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 34, mm. that we can't worry about tomorrow. And right? I think that's True. your small win. Then. So, right. but, well, you, so, but the, the first six push-ups kind of depressed me because I was like, I thought I was, I thought I could do more than that, and I couldn't. But the next day, I think I did seven or eight. And then finally I got to the point where I could do 60. And it, so I started catching up. So the goal looked like unobtainable right. because I still had 31 days to do it. But I had to take advantage of every day, the yep, smaller the bite smaller. at a time. So yep. focus on what you have accomplished or are accomplishing more than you're, what you're losing. And don't bite off more than you can chew. There it is. Those are two yeah. huge uh, lessons right there when, uh, that can keep you from feeling like a failure. Well, Josh, right. real quickly, I want to say something to our audience, especially those that are viewing this on video. 
Someone come in the day said, Pastor Ron's not interested in what they're saying. He's returning texts. Uh, no, I'm looking up stuff. So yeah, that's what I was doing. We all have notes on our phones, I, guys. I, I was looking for uh, the, the Genesis chapter, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it wasn't important. I'm right. looking up I I'm looking it. up lyrics to a country song right now. Okay. Ooh, I like but, but let me real quickly Darn say something. Okay. And that is, you know, sometimes we don't, again, and this is going back and being redundant, but I'm good at that, is we don't, uh, you know, uh, define failure correctly. Okay. Uh, some right. time ago, in fact, two or three times in the last 15 years, I will play a video called uh, something that the Georgetown Witness. And when we play that video, everybody is uh. calling off the hook. I love that video. Where do you get it from? About a guy who in Australia, an old man, he's an old man. Well, he was an old man when the video was made. But he had stood on a street corner in Australia for decades. And he would, when people would walk down the street, he would jump out and say, hey, if you die today, are you going to heaven? He did this over and over and over and over again for decades, all right? Now, uh, this guy died, or I went into his old age of almost being dead. Never thought he had one success not story. One. Not one. And so he probably would have defined himself as a failure. Mm. Whoever did the video showed all of the thousands of people that got saved, either directly or indirectly, through this old guy jumping out and saying, if you died today, would you go to heaven? I mean, it was crazy. It was Pastors got saved from him. They went back and talked to their priest. They, they, they confessed their sins. This man was anointed to do this. Now, when he's an old man, somebody went to visit him and said, do you know all these success cases from what you did? He said, I did this all these decades, never heard of one success story. Now, let me continue. The other day, I had my socks blessed off of me. I was meeting with the people in the Northwest. I was having a meet and greet, pastor meet and greet. And they said, do you remember me? My name is, she gave me her name. And how she got saved was, I was 24 years old, and every Saturday I'd go out and walk this rough, rough neighborhood, I mean in the ghetto, and I'd tell people about Jesus. Now, I mean, dogs tried to bite me. I was by myself. No one would go with wow. me. I had my Bible with me, and I was faithful, and that's one of the reasons I think I became a pastor today. And she said, you came up to my door and knocked one day. And I answered the door, and you said to me, this has to be God because your dome and pincher didn't get me. And I got up here, so I must really need oh, to be here. Man. She got saved. Today, her three grown sons come to church. Everybody. That's so cool. But if I look back, I'd say it was a failure. Now, mm -hmm. let me go on again. I know I'm being long-winded here. But I want to show you something. And that is, uh, it's, uh, 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 who, who's the artist? It's uh, Garth Brooks, one of my favorite mm -hmm. guys. I kind of like country music. He said, just the other night at a hometown football game, my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. And as I introduced them, the past came back to me, and I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be. She was the one that I'd wanted for all times, and each night I'd spend praying, times praying that God would make her mine. And if he had only granted me this wish, I wish then, I never would ask for anything again. Sometimes now I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he doesn't care because some of God's greatest gifts our unanswered prayers. And he goes on, wow. comparing this lady to his wife, and he goes, I got the better deal, man. I'm so glad <laughs> wow. God didn't give me her. Oh, but at the time, he thought God had failed wow. him. But now, years after, he goes, look at this fox I got mm. as a wife. She just is so much better than that. Mm. And so, I know it's a long, long... Uh, no, I like that. No, that was good. Thing, that's, but that's insane. I like the, 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 point, point. the point there... Um, in case people don't get it, which they should, but uh, the point there is that you can learn from country music. Well, That's the point. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but you have expectations when we pray, and um, instead we should have trust. Yes, we should have faith. Mm. Yes, right. 
What if we talk about businesses that fail? Sometimes you have to change your own paradigm. Mm. Yes. I mean, again, we, we went in at a certain time as VBF, and this can, can, can you know, apply to any business out there. And we were trying to be like the other big churches, and we couldn't quite get the results they were getting. And we're kind of beating ourselves up, going, we're a failure. Look at them. They got thousands. At that time, we only had hundreds. We're a failure. We're a failure. But we were trying to be like them. Mm. And I use this comparison very often. That Those big churches, is like they, they, they are experts at making uh, deep pit barbecue stuff. I mean, they, they do deep pit that is unbelievably good. And we were trying to make deep pit, and we weren't as good as them. And then we decided to make Chinese food mm. and stick with the Chinese food thing. And then we became successful in our own right. So sometimes even in businesses, I've often said, in the business world, you're either in incline, recline, or decline. Now, if you're in decline or recline, like a lot of people are, you're going to go into decline at some matter of time. Right. You're going to, and you're going to start failing. To stay on the incline, you have to keep doing fresh new things. And to do fresh new things, you can't be afraid of failure. Right. Because if you are, you'll never do anything fresh and new. What kind of things have we done in the church that we thought, we don't know if this is going to uh, be a failure or a success. We're going to do it anyway. Can you think of any? Yeah, you know, Joe's Field. I can come right up there. Remember we had that idea of Joe's Field. Josh named it Joe's Field. We're going to do a collective farming. After Joseph. After Joseph in the Bible. And it's so amazing because when people came out, we had a farmer do to give the land. People give seed. People came out and planted it, and they grew crops. And it's so crazy. I remember texting you the message that, I, that the Associated Press picked up on the article yes. about Joe's Field. Yes. And, and, and it was just, it was an idea that became through... During the recession. D- d- through diligent, giving, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was during a downtime in the 2008s, yeah. 2007. Yes. But it was an idea that became a reality that actually took a bigger life than just here. People said, oh man, that inspires us to do it. But you could look at it and then go, well, it was only, I think it was only six and a half or six acres but it was just a small spark that it, it sparked other communities. You know what's funny is neighborhood farms exist now. They do. And I have never heard of one until we actually, you know, and I'm not saying that we pioneered them, but it was interesting. Could have. Never know. Because these neighborhood farms, people buy a plot of land, they bring their own seed, they grow their own crops for their, for their neighborhoods. It's a really interesting thing. But, 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 but I'm just saying, you can't be afraid of failure to no. try something like that. What and, about and, the Hartley-Davison? Yeah, we Same came thing. into the church on a Harley, and we thought, man, this could fail. We could get too close to an elderly lady and rip her dress off, or we could fall on the Harley. And I remember that first Sunday, we had an upper deck balcony, and we thought, we've never done anything this radical. pastor's going to come in on a Harley. And we were so uh, afraid that we might fail. What if the gas fumes do this <laughs> or whatever? And we came in, that place erupted like, a, like in a stadium, right. like when the home team comes on the field. And again, we were afraid of failure, but we went forward anyway. Block party. Block party. I mean, I remember taking the barbecue out the first time at a brand new barbecue. We're going to a person's neighborhood. They passed out flyers and you had to cook the barbecues, but you had no indication people were coming. (laughs) People didn't do block parties back then. (laughs) And they came out, had incredible stories. What do you say, Pastor, about Rick Warren, what he does, what they do with their church, about uh, all the stuff that they try? He says, you know what, and I can't... uh, repeat exactly what he said, but it was in this line. Right. Is we'll try 10 new things this year, and we fully expect six or seven of them to fail. Right. But we'll never get the two or three good new things if we don't risk yes. failure. Yeah. So I've good. seen um, one of the people that, that kind of 
amaze me are the people that um, that perform out on the street, street, street performers, right? Yeah. And uh, I can think of one person, individual, who may or may not share my name, uh, who I saw performing on the street in Santa Monica, and now he's pretty famous. He's, he's well-known. He's, he's really good at what he does. And, um, you know, how disheartening does that probably feel to just get your instrument out and, you know, open up your case and hopefully people throw a couple bucks in there and you're out there performing because you believe yes. in something bigger. Yes. You know? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and going back to that idea of the unanswered prayer, I want, I want to just focus on that one more time because <clears throat> it speaks to me personally. Uh, it really does in the moment that I'm in right now, just a few days ago, uh, I told my wife, I said, I just feel like God isn't really listening to me right now. And, um, and I was sharing the frustration that I had about that with her. And, um, and we had a good talk about it and, you know, kind of prayed about it. And, um, and, and just yesterday, I believe God was speaking to me and just teaching me that he's going to make it harder on me, not easier, because I know what it takes. Um, and so for me personally, it's like God is saying, okay, I'm going to hold back until you put that extra effort in. I'm going to hold back until you know, because I'm at a, I'm at a different level. I'm, I should be at a different level, right? I should be at a place where like when I first got saved, I would pray and it would happen right away. But now I feel like God takes a couple step ba- steps backwards so that I will take a couple steps forward. Mm. And, and, and that was something that really spoke to me. So if, if you're out there and you're like, hey, God is not answering my prayers, I would, I would ask you the same thing that I've been asking myself the last couple of days. How much time are you spending listening? There you go. Mm. And how much effort are you uh, taking in paying attention to him? Um, acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will, what? Make your path Josh, straight, right? We said it Sunday, and I think, again, someone needs to hear this. God has feelings. Mm. People don't think about it. God has feelings. He got angry. He gets grieved. He gets hurt. And, and again, that's why I go to God very often. Say, God, I just want to tell you, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for everything you're doing well, for me. Also, but, l- let me just add one more thing okay. to what I'm saying. Okay. Um, it's also not about me. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not all about me. And, and sometimes I think it is. I, I uh, the the when Jesus taught us to pray, the the Lord's prayer, right? Matthew six. Oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give me that car. Uh, give me that <laughs> wife. Give me that job. No, that's not what it is. It, it says, Thy will be, be done. done. Thy kingdom come. Yeah. Thy kingdom come. It's about Him. It's about what He's doing. But Josh, I wanted I want to finish what you were saying. Sure. I want to make the point to the person out there we're talking to that God has feelings. And I think there's times that God takes three steps back from us because he says, I haven't seen you for a long time, and I really miss you. And I know if I take these steps back, you're going to start coming three forward, and I'm going to get to spend time with you again. That's good. Yeah. See, that he has feelings. He wants us to spend time with him. So sometimes he'll say, I might let you go through this failure until you get sick and tired of being sick because I want you to come and talk to me. Well, I want to get close again. I woke up this morning, Tom, you'll appreciate this, and I'm like, I'm going to work out. And so I went in. I have a workout room separate from my house, and I went in there. It's dark, and I just kind of sat down on the little chair, a beanbag chair that's in there that my daughters usually sit in, and I, and I didn't want to work out. You know why? Because I just started again. <laughs> it, it, it's when you just start, you don't want to do it. It's not until you've been in it for a while and into that, then you start feeling like I want to do this. You get past the soreness. Right? Yes. You and get past yes. the it's the same way. It's the same way spiritual. Uh, it's the same way that in the spiritual world or, or your prayers, your your habits, the things that you come to God with. You don't want to do it. 
But, well, but yeah, now yeah. you're developing a habit. Now me and Tom have but done then, it for so many years. <laughs> now you want to do it. I, I can't, can't live, live without, without it. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure I want to do it. Well, I don't I, like it when I'm in there. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think, Pastor, we talk about, he and I talk about this all the time. Yes. It's not the want to, it's the blessing of being the can do. Yes. We're still able to do it. We can't do because your dad's very strong. I go to the gym with him, and we used Tom, to work I'm out not together. Strong, but he he is because he he always no. uh, yeah. Well, I used to put the I use girl weights. I used to put the weight down. No, he didn't because I would I would mess <laughs> with him. He'd get to do the leg press and he'd put it here and I'd put it three pins down. But you were proving and he, something. And he was doing it and he got up. He goes, "Did I just do that?" And he goes, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> but you, you're proving a concept. That we can do more than we think. Yes. Yeah. Remember, I was talking about last week about we don't use all our potential. Tom would do that to yeah, me. I did. I, 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 I didn't I, work for him at the time. So I, I loved, I loved right. working out, so I started working out with him. Again, for our audience out there, he was Mr. Uh-huh. California. He beat everybody in California. He had legs that looked like street tree, tree stumps. But I liked working out, so I started working out with him. He pushed me. And I would swear I could only do 120 pounds on something. He'd put 160 yeah. on, and I'd end up doing it. And he'd say, congratulations, you just did 160. No way. I yeah. didn't want to. So I go back to this because there again, like the Noah story, the, the ark story. So we'll take Jesus' life. Yes. Jesus knew he was coming into something. He went into the garden. Mm-hmm. He had a conversation with God. And if I'm getting him right, he said, is there another way we can do this? Yes. Yep. And if there is, I'm on board with that. But if not, mm-hmm. your will be done. Mm-hmm. And he went, and if you look at the mm-hmm. cross, some people could look at the cross as a failure. Hmm. And he even told that to uh, Pontius Pilate, didn't he? He said, he says, don't think for a second I can't call a legion of angels down to help me. But he went there, and everybody thought, oh, that's the end of that. Well, guess what happened three days later? Yep. He arose. So, so, as, so as, it's not always what you think. Yes. I, there, there's things that I think, and this is why I believe in the spiritual realm so bad. If you're out there listening... That failure isn't what you think. You may not have reached a goal. You may have done something. But I think if you dig deep enough, there will be a nugget. And if I think if you take that nugget and apply it as a win and you keep going and you keep doing that, sometimes you're going to see you're much farther down the road, much mm. farther down the road, because there's more of a spiritual connotation to that yes. than there ever was a physical or a material. And we measure it in physical and material, don't we? We always think, you know, I, I didn't get more money or I didn't get more fame. Bigger numbers. Yes, but but it's, it goes deeper in that. So, I mean, you even take a, the, the resurrection and look what we got. We got the mm. Spirit living in us. That's a win. Right. You know, but for Jesus now, I mean, you, you see people thinking, oh, that's a loss. It will give up, but it's not. Well, if, if the minute you spiritualize it, it's not a loss. I feel like I'm in church right now. This is church. You know, I'm taking you know notes. <laughs> you I'm, are I, taking notes. It's, I am. I'm, I'm writing these things down. Um, uh, talking about the cross. You just mentioned the cross. I wrote it down. Uh, the word that sticks with me right now, based on this conversation, is the word through. Mm-hmm. The word through. Mm-hmm. See through. Push through. Mm-hmm. And live through mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Like, through. What does uh, Philippians 4.13 say? I can do all things Through. 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 Christ who strengthens you. You can't just do all things because you're a Christian. You got to no. go through, through him, through right. his power. And you so, know what? This is more like church today. It is, yeah. But 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 I don't know when we want to end this thing. But I did want to say something to somebody out there again because they're struggling. I'm a failure. You know, I can't do anything right. You got to gain new momentum today and get it through prayer. Yes, because I want to say something to that person. It's not a matter of the way you start. It's how you end. Hmm. You haven't ended yet. You still have time to turn around. And take those failures, and let's use the word, redeem them. 
That mm. sounds like church talk. But you're, you're not a failure now as far as, what am I trying to say? Well, yeah, I mean, you don't are, have you, to failure. are you ever a failure until you die? I mean, really? No, I mean, it, no. right. the game is only over no. when we quit. And Paul right. said that's the prize. Right. Yep. Paul that's said true. that's the prize. Yeah, it's only over when you quit, man. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, well, when do we need to, to yeah, cut so this thing? Or? There's a lot more that I want to talk about here, obviously, right. um, but we, we do need to end, and that's okay. Let's end and put a dot, dot, dot yes. here, and why don't you guys that are listening to this, why don't you take this conversation, take it into your homes, yes. take it into your Continue workplaces, it. take it into the gym, right? Your take Bible study, your, your yeah. fellowship, your group. Yeah, if you're, right now, if you're working out right now, you're hitting the weights, right? Somebody comes up to you, and you have a chance to talk to them about Jesus, and they ask you what that's all about. You say, hey, it's just like this. I'm lifting weights, and you know what? It's painful. It hurts. It's resistance. It's not easy, but I'm pushing through yeah. because there's a result in the end, and and that's what it means to follow Jesus. The, the cross was not a dead end, okay? The cross was not a dead end. It was a pit stop to something better. Mm. It was a pit, yes. the pit stop yes. to resurrection is let, what it was. Let me right? say something. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's mm. a part of success. It's the way. That's so good. It's a part that of is, yeah. It's the way. That's right. the mic drop. That's, that's okay. it. So do we do love we you guys. Okay, yes, love you. And um, we'll be We're back next week. I mean, yeah. man, this is good. Daddy's ring. You got your daddy's ring.